أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذريته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in his book, وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَهَا النَّفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَىٰ As for the person who fears the day he was going to, he's going to stand in front of his Lord and forbids, prohibits, puts an embargo on his own nafs from its desires, on his own ego from its desires, this is the description of the person who their abode will be paradise. One of the problems that we have is that we've made a deal with the nafs. We've made a deal with the devil. Which is what? You don't be too hard on me and I'm not going to be too hard on you. You leave me alone for certain things and I'll leave you alone for certain things. And this is, in my understanding, Exactly the opposite of what the teachings of the Qur'an are. Which are not from this world, from above the seven heavens and above the Arsh Azim. This is the opposite of what the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sayyidul Awwalina wal Akhirin. May the peace and blessings of Allah ta'ala be upon him and upon his companions and noble family and upon those who follow their way until the day of judgment. This is the opposite of what I read in the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. ظَلَمْتُ سُنَّةَ مَنْ أَحْيَا الظَّلَامَ إِلَىٰ أَنِشْتَكَتْ قَدَمَاهُ دُرَّ مِنْ وَرَمِي sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. شَدَّ مِنْ صَغَبٍ أَحْشَاءَهُ وَطَوَىٰ تَحْتَ الْحِجَارَةِ كَشْحًا مُطْرَفَ الْأَدَمِي The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who used to wake up at night and pray not out of obligation but in order to be what? Abd Shakur. In order to be a thoroughly grateful slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who when the people complain there's nothing to eat and we have to work, we have to dig the khandaq, the ditch for the defense of Medina Munawwara, and there's nothing to eat to the point that we have to tie our stomachs with stones. Are we not on the haqq? Is Allah ta'ala not on our side? This is the subtext of the question. Are we not on the haqq? Is Allah Ta'ala not on our side? And the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam lifted his Mubarak shirt and he showed that he had two stones tied to his stomach. Don't fight it, accept it. It's the haqq. If you can't do it and if I can't do it, don't, don't fight it. That's a separate issue. That's a separate issue. But accept that this is the truth. Forget about you and me for, for a second. Accept that it's the truth. This is a, a, a very simple sabaq, it's a very simple lesson about a person's spiritual journey to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That one of the simplest maqamat, one of the simplest stations of wilaya, of sainthood with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what? Just to bear witness to the sainthood of the righteous. To say what? I couldn't be like that. But whoever Allah ta'ala gave this good to, this is a good thing. Someone says, look, he's making things up now, right? المرء يحب قوما ولما يلحق بهم قال صلى الله عليه وسلم المرء مع من أحبه صحيح حديث you don't even have to look in the, the, the big books you'll find it in Riyadh al-Salihin 
that a Bedouin asked the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, a man loves a people but is not able to be like them, was not in the past be able to be like them, and is still not able to be like them. Rasulullah said, because he said this when he saw the, the senior companions in Medina Munawwara, he's just a simple Bedouin who came in from the desert. What did the Rasul say to him? He says, A person will be with the one that they love. The teachings of the Quran, the teachings of the Sunnah are what? Is that a person has to make mujahada, a person has to make mujahada against his nafs, a person has to make mujahada against shaitan. There's no truth. When someone is trying to destroy you, you don't make peace with them. You may even have a ceasefire with them. And this is a very, very subtle difference in understanding people need to have. Which is what? If, for example, you come home all pumped up, say, Mulan Asab says we have to make war on the nafs, and you don't sleep all night because you're praying the entire night, and then you sleep through Fajr, that's not how war happens. How does war happen? There's planning, there's strategy. You engage on your own terms. You don't get baited into a trap. The person who is fighting war is not the person who is so angry that they just punch their fist in every single direction and then they get tapped out in 15 seconds and then afterward they get destroyed. There's some strategy that has to happen with it. However, even though physically your struggle is not like the freak out of an animal, physically, economically, in terms of planning, in terms of time management, there needs to be some strategizing that happens. However, there is one place in which when you're at war with something or with someone, the enmity and the hostility never ceases and it never abates, which is what? Inside of your heart. And so when I say we made peace with shaitan, when I say we made peace with the nafs, I'm not talking about physically that you're not punching shaitan and beating him down right now. I'm not talking about with your nafs that you're not beating yourself up right now. What am I talking about? In the heart, we have become complacent. We have been complacent with the idea that our goal in life is just to do the bare minimum and ice skate by. And we see as individuals it's caused us harm, and as a community it's caused us harm, and as an ummah it has caused us harm, which ironically, ironically, is what prevents the ummah from actually ice skating by and having a nice life. This is the irony of ironies, that when you're weak about your iman, you don't progress. When you're weak about your deen, your deen doesn't progress. When you're weak about your community, your community doesn't progress. And this khutbah is far from me yelling and screaming at you guys. It's something about myself that I'm giving. This is one of our mashayikh, mashallah. The genius of our mashayikh in suluk was what? Was that they said, Hazrat Mawlana Ashraf Ali Tanui rahimullah ta'ala said, he said, if you find, because the way of the akabir was what? First do it, then talk about it. Hassan al-Basri, it's very famous about him that he once wanted to give a, a, a talk and encourage people to free slaves and then he realized I've never freed a slave before. So he held his tongue, worked, saved up enough money to buy a slave, he freed him. And then he opened his mouth in front of the people and how Mubarak his words were, that, that hundreds of slaves were freed on that day because of the author of his sincerity. If we were to wait for sincerity like that nowadays, Allahu alam what would happen. So the dispensation of the sincere ones to people like myself is what? Speak about, speak about the things that you haven't achieved and attained. Perhaps one day, perhaps one day the shame will enter into your heart and you'll 
walk the walk because you opened your mouth and everybody was witness in front of you. Everybody will witness you in this day and everybody will witness you on the day of judgment. So this is what, as men, because Jumu'ah is fard on what? On every sane, adult, free male. As men, we also have to talk about these things. We have to talk about these things with our children. We have to talk about these things with our relatives. We have to talk about these things even at the peril of great uh, 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 threat of physical harm. We have to talk about these things with our wives as well. Which is what? You cannot make this compromise with your enemy. If you make a compromise with somebody who's open aim, open goal is your destruction, then who does that help? Does that help you or does that help somebody else? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the companions anhum, if you were to think about their mujahada, if you were to remember their mujahada, it would send shudders down your spine. And I'm not saying that I do it. I'm not even saying that you do it. What am I saying? The mindset that they have, first we have to understand it in order to ever be able to come anywhere near it. And if someone were to tell you, so-and-so billionaire, multi-billionaire Bill Gates, if I were to give you 1% of his wealth, would you be happy with it? Of course you would be happy with it. It would be money beyond our imagination. There are people who have treasures bigger than Bill Gates and Elon Musk in this world. Imam Muhammad rahimahullah ta'ala, the companion of Abu Hanifa, he said that if the kings and princes of this world knew the treasure that we had, they would bring their armies with their swords to fight us for it. There are certain things that are nice, but there are certain things that are valuable, more valuable than others. If you believe in the value of what Allah Ta'ala gave to His Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and what He gave to the righteous and to the awliya, you have to accept this, that this is a war. You have to strategize, how is it that I'm going to keep fighting it? How is it that I'm going to keep protecting myself? And why is it that making a deal with the nafs, making a deal with the devil, is not in my interest ever. Strategy and ceasefire, absolutely, do it all day. Maybe you guys are better at it than I am. In fact, almost certainly you are. But the idea that somehow you can make, a, make, make peace with the nafs and you're going to ice skate by, it doesn't work that way. Rather, what is the, uh, uh, what is the, the model that was proposed by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam? It's a hadith of Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Man khafa adlaja, wa man adlaja balagh al-manzil. Ala inna sil'ata Allahi ghaliya. Ala inna sil'ata Allahi al-jannah. O kama qala alayhi salatu wassalam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam once said, the person who fears, right? If you know that you are going to be judged one day, if you know that you're going to have to stand in front of Allah ta'ala one day, if you know that you have enemies that are out to destroy you, if you know that there's dangers, if you know that there are problems, you can forecast that there's something ahead that might be a problem. The metaphor that the Messenger of Allah said is what? Is idlaj. Dulja means the first part of the night. So the Arabs, because they didn't live in Chicago, Illinois, where it's like 25 degrees outside, the peril was not the cold, what was the peril? The peril was the heat and it was the sun. And so what they would do is they would travel 
at night times at nighttime oftentimes in order to avoid being burned by the sun because direct sunlight at high noon I've lived in the Badia before it literally can burn you it literally can burn you to the point where the sunnah is to delay dhuhr a little bit from its time because the difference of being at high noon and the difference of even being like an hour and a half later it can actually literally be the difference between burning and not burning so the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam constructed a metaphor that you're traveling, you're going somewhere and so you should leave in the early part of the night Dulja is the early part of the night why? because you're afraid of getting burned if you leave at the last part of the night what is the fear? the fear is you'll be traveling and you will not have reached your destination yet and then the sun will come up high over your head and you're going to burn. The person who is afraid of getting burned will leave in the first part of the night. And the person who leaves in the first part of the night, the Rasul wasallam said, will reach his destination. Meaning what? You have to plan. Because in this metaphor, the sun is your enemy. The sun wants to hurt you. The sun is not going to accept love or money. If it comes up over your head, you're going to get burned, I'm going to get burned. So how do you deal with it? You plan ahead. The person who's afraid will leave early. The person who, in, in the early part of the night, the person who leaves in the early part of the night, that person reaches their destination. And then the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said something very important. Indeed, the sil'a, the merchandise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is expensive. It's not cheap. If it was cheap, everybody would do it. If it was cheap and easy, everybody would do it. The mushrikeen of Quraysh wouldn't have freaked out about it. If it was easy, people would have taken it left and right. If it was easy, you would see the masajid packed at the time of Asr on a Tuesday, just like they're packed on the Eidain. It's not cheap. And this, the merchandise of Allah Ta'ala is what? It's Jannah. It's Jannah. This is, by the way, you know, it contradicts a, a tahrif. A spurious, a spurious misinterpretation. Because there is tahrif in, 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 in lafz and there's tahrif in ma'na. Tahrif means to change something. Like the people in the ummah before us, they would change the words that are in their scripture to a different mm-hmm. word. There's another type of tahrif, which is what? They keep the same word, but they change the interpretation. This is a, a misinterpretation of the latter type. The former type, the Qur'an is protected against it. The latter type, it happens all the time. That people, that people say what? That Islam, the deen is easy. If someone says there's a hadith of Sahih Bukhari in which the Rasul said, in the deen al-Yusuf, go look in, indeed the deen is ease. Go look in Fathul Bari, the canonical commentary on Sahih Bukhari. Hafiz ibn Hajar says, the meaning of this is what? Is that Allah Ta'ala made the sharia of this ummah easy compared to the sharia of the nations that came before us. He himself says, otherwise for somebody to think that the deen is easy, this is absolutely silly. Like it's like they're not paying attention. There will be a struggle and you have to plan for it. I have to plan for it. How is it that we can pull ourselves out of this complacency of the pact with the devil that we've made? There are a number of things that we can do. There's a very short amount of time, but I wanted to share one or two of them. 
One is that a person has to keep good company. Keeping good company doesn't just mean that I'm going to sit with my relatives, I'm going to sit with my friends who don't drink and that pray on time. That's good, please keep doing that. That should be the minimum bar of every person. That you don't keep unnecessary company with people who stain your, your, your soul with their bad state. Because people affect one another. If you're inside strong enough that you're able to affect other people, then do that with the intention of da'wah, but those are, people are not your company. I heard from my own mashayikh that Mawlana Ilyas who was a man known for his efforts in da'wah in a legendary sense, perhaps unparalleled in the last century. That he himself, when he would go out to preach to people, the amount of time, if he would go out for three days, the amount of time that he would spend preaching, he would spend an equal amount of time in the masjid and i'tikaf afterward, or in the khanqah with the mashayikh afterward. Why? In order to purge, in order to purge the effect of meeting with people who are heedless of their deen on his heart. Obviously, we're not to that point of sensitivity, but we say what? This is a qanun that's even alluded to in the Qur'an. That just like this world has a physical cause and effect, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. The spiritual world is even more ordered. We think of it as a magical thing, it's not. It's even more ordered than the physical world is. And to think that you will sit with people who their heart is dead to Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and it's not going to deaden your heart even just a little bit, this is, this is irrational. On the flip side, because not everything is negative, there's two sides of the coin. Every negative has a great positive on the other side of the coin. If you sit with those people whose iman burns like the light of the sun, it will also illuminate your heart as well. But the thing is this, you have to go and find those people, you have to sit with those people, and it has to be regular. It can't be like, look, I made hajj one time and now I'm done. Just like the attack on your heart is regular, just like that the purge has to be regular, the treatment has to be regular. What are things that we have to do? We have to sit in the circles of knowledge. And this is the fun part. If you've been going to the masjid for a long time, you've heard everything under the sun. In fact, this talk says, Mulana Sahib, I heard this like before you were born, 18 years before you were born, you know, 40 times. Which may be true, you probably heard it from someone who explained it better than I do. Sit, take notes, remember the hadith, remember the words of the hadith, scrutinize. If you already did all of those things, find somebody who has more knowledge than you. Don't say I graduated from madrasa or I received such and such ijazah from this and that shaykh or I've been to this many conferences or I've been going to Jumu'ah for 40 years. Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam, Allah Ta'ala gave him tanbih. Allah Ta'ala alerted him to the fact that there's somebody in the world who knows more than you do. From the ulul azmi min ar-rusul. The story is described in the Surah Kahf, which is a sunnah to read on Fridays. And so what did he do? He went out and sought that person to spend only what seems like a short amount of time with him. But if that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. I myself regularly attend dars. I need to attend dars, as you've already been able to tell. We need to find those places and find those people which will renew this clarity inside of our hearts. It's not enough, it's not enough just to sit and say, I said my shahada and I pray my five times daily prayer and I'm going to somehow get a pass. And whatever is less than that is definitely not enough. And whatever is more than that, you have to have a regular program in order to plan for the day that difficulty will come because only a fool shows up 
on the day of battle and expects victory, the victorious are only the ones who are wise enough and sagacious enough to plan from before. Allah Ta'ala give all of us tawfiq wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.